Morgan's AM, your pre-market briefing. US equity markets retreated as the military conflict in Ukraine showed no signs of abating, with Russia stepping up its bombardment of Ukraine's biggest cities and traders sought shelter from risk assets. The Dow fell 598 points or 1.8%, pairing an earlier 785-point drop. American Express was the worst-performing Dow constituent overnight, down 8.5%. Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan Chase fell 3.3% and 3.8% respectively. The broader S&P 500 fell 1.6%, with the latest decline dragging the S&P 500 back into official correction territory. Financials down 3.7% led 10 of the 11 primary sectors lower. Energy up 1% was the only primary sector to advance, with Chevron Corp up 4% and ExxonMobil up 1%. Chevron hosted its annual Investor Day overnight and said it will ramp up share buybacks as it expects higher returns across the next four years, as much as doubling its share buyback guidance range each year to $5 billion to $10 billion US dollars. The energy major also said that it expected to continue to improve cost efficiency and deliver higher returns. The technology-centric Nasdaq lost 1.6%, Apple down 1.2%, confirmed it has stopped selling its products through the Apple Store in Russia. All Apple products on the company's Russian storefront are listed as unavailable for purchase or delivery in the country. Apple also said overnight that it has removed Russian state-controlled outlets RT News and Sputnik News from its app store around the world except for Russia. Nike, down 3.2%, has also stopped selling products in Russia, according to a message posted on the company's website. The small capitalization Russell 2000 index shed 1.9%. In US corporate earnings, Salesforce down 3.7%. In after-hours trading, after the customer relationship management technology company posted better-than-expected fiscal fourth-quarter earnings per share and revenue. Hewlett-Packard gained approximately 1% in after-hours trading after the enterprise hardware storage and networking infrastructure provider posted better-than-expected fiscal first-quarter profits while boosting its earnings forecast for the full year. Domino's Pizza settled unchanged, recovering from an earlier decline after the company reported earnings per share and revenue that missed Wall Street's expectations. U.S. same-store sales growth was 1%, below consensus expectations for 2.9% growth. The company also announced that Chief Executive Officer Rich Allison, who has been in the role since July 2018, plans to retire. And Target Corp rallied 9.8% after the retailer reported adjusted earnings per share that crushed consensus estimates and provided guidance that pointed to further growth. In US economic data, the Institute of Supply Management's Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index printed at a better-than-expected 58.6 in February, up from a 14-month low of 57.6 in January and better than economists' forecast for a reading of 58. Separately, construction spending increased 1.3% in January, much better than the 0.2% gain forecast by economists. Data for December was revised higher to record construction outliers raising 0.8% instead of 0.2% as previously expected. The ADP Employment Report for February and the latest Fed Beige Book of General Economic Conditions are released tonight. European bourses fell sharply, with the travel and leisure sector tumbling 7% and leading losses, dragging the pan-European Stock 600 Index 2.4% lower. The basic resources sector bucked the downward trend, adding approximately 1%. Germany's DAX slumped 3.9%. Bayer rose 0.8% after the German pharmaceutical and agricultural company posted quarterly earnings and sales that exceeded consensus expectations. 
However, HelloFresh fell 7.8% after the German meal kit maker posted higher revenue but lower earnings for the fourth quarter. Francis CAC lost 3.9%. In economic data, a final reading of the IHS market manufacturing PMI for the Eurozone declined to 58.2 in February from January's five-month high of 58.7. Elsewhere, a preliminary reading of German consumer price inflation jumped 5.5% from a year earlier in February after snapping six straight months of acceleration in January. London's FTSE 100 fell 1.7%. Shell relinquished earlier gains to settle down 1.1%, a day after saying it plans to exit its joint ventures with the Russian energy behemoth Gazprom and related entities and end its involvement in the Nord Stream 2 pipeline project. Switzerland-based metal and minerals company Glencore gained 0.9%, also saying it was reviewing its business activities in Russia and its equity investments in Russia-based aluminium and power producer EN Plus Group International and Rosneft Oil Company. Polymetal International fell 26.3%, continuing to tank after Monday's 56% slump. The London-listed gold producer with development projects across Russia and Kazakhstan is about to be booted from the FTSE 100 index and is about to be dumped by Norway's sovereign wealth fund as it divests Russian investments in the wake of sanctions. Flutter Entertainment dropped almost 12% as underlying annual profit fell after the gambling group was hit by a string of punter-friendly sporting results in the UK and Ireland. In UK economic data, a final reading of the IHS market manufacturing PMI rose to a three-month high of 58 in February. Separately, UK mortgage approvals rose to 74,000 in January, above the 12-month pre-pandemic average up to February 2020 of 66,700. According to the Bank of England, British borrowers acquired £5.9 billion in mortgage debt during the month, up from £4 billion in December and above the pre-pandemic average of £4.3 billion. Annual consumer credit growth improved to 3.2% in January from 1.5% in December, according to Bank of England figures. Strong gains across the board in the base metals complex. Copper climbed 1.7% to $10,050 per tonne, or approximately $4.49 a pound. Nickel rose 3.4%, aluminium added 3.5%. Russian aluminium producer Rusal halted production at the Nikolaev Aluminium Refinery in Ukraine. Goldman Sachs analysts noted that the key risk to the aluminium market is that the loss of this alumina capacity supply results in an eventual suspension of primary smelting capacity in Russia, with around 900,000 tonnes a year of production at risk. Zinc gained 2.1%. China's National Bureau of Statistics released the official Manufacturing and Non-Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Indices for February yesterday. The manufacturing PMI inched higher to 50.2 in February above the medium forecast of economists at 49.8. The non-manufacturing PMI rose to 51.6 from 51.1 in January, also better than economists' forecasts for 50.7. Separately, the Kaishin market manufacturing PMI, which tends to focus on small to medium-sized enterprises in China, rose to 50.4 in February, better than the unchanged reading forecast by economists. Benchmark Spot Iron Ore gained $5.35 or 3.9% to $144.45 a metric tonne in what was a good night generally for bulk commodities. China plans to raise its equity output of iron ore in overseas mines to 220 million tonnes by 2025, as well as increase domestic raw material supplies, according to state-backed China Metallurgical News. 
Gold futures rallied $43.10 or 2.3% to $1,943.80 an ounce, the highest, most active contract settlement since January 2021. Oil prices continued to soar as Russia's siege of Ukraine entered a sixth day and Western sanctions against the Kremlin were taking a toll. WTI jumped $7.69 or 8% to $103.41 a barrel, the highest settlement since the 22nd of July 2014 after tapping an intersection peak of $106.78 a barrel. Brent spiked $7 or 7.2% to $104.97 a barrel, the highest close since the 8th of August 2014. Prices had extended their gains after the International Energy Agency announced that its member countries, including the US, had agreed to release 60 million barrels of oil from their emergency reserves to ease any supply shortfall, resulting from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. After the markets closed, the American Petroleum Institute released their latest weekly inventory data, recording a 6.1 million barrel decrease in US crude stockpiles for the week ended the 25th of February. The Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and its key producing allies, including Russia, meet tonight to discuss production levels, with most analysts expecting the group to stay the course with the current easing schedule. US 10-year Treasury yields fell 12.8 basis points to 1.71%. The yield on the benchmark maturity is down 27.6 basis points over the last two trading days, the largest two-day decline since the 23rd of March 2020. At the shorter end, the two-year note yield shed 12.3 basis points to 1.3%, down 28.1 basis points over the past two sessions, for the largest two-day decline since the 2nd of October 2008. For the first time since January, the market was no longer pricing in a 25 basis point rate increase at the Federal Reserve's March meeting later this month. Separately, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell begins his semi-annual testimony before the House Committee on Financial Services tonight. The Australian dollar is firmer, buying around 72.5 US cents. The Reserve Bank of Australia held its cash rate steady at a record low of 0.1% yesterday, adding that the war in Ukraine has further clouded the global economic outlook. The RBA reiterated that it will be patient, awaiting confirmation that inflation has returned sustainably to its desired 2% to 3% target band before tightening policy settings. Fourth quarter gross domestic product growth rate, final readings of the market services and composite PMIs for February headline today's Australian economic calendar. And the Bank of Canada announced their latest interest rate decision tonight. This is general advice only, and we have not considered your needs or objectives.